Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications, coaching and consulting. And I'm really excited about having our next guest on. I met him through a mastermind group uh, with a very dear friend of mine, Michael Fow, uh, brought him to speak with us. And I was so intrigued by his content that I had to bring him on to talk with us here on It's Your Community. Chris Kelso is a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and the author of the book, Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. He uh, has, is trained and certified as an executive coach, and he's worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs, business owners, and their leadership teams. Welcome to It's Your Community, Chris. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Vanessa. It's so great to be here. It's a pleasure talking with you. And I know you're also a faculty member at Professional Christian Coaching Institute, where I uh, ended up earning my certification in life and leadership coaching. So I, I love that yeah. as well. Yeah, I actually was trained and certified with PCCI uh, before later joining the faculty as well. So I have a, a great appreciation for that school, both as a student and now as a faculty member. Yeah, I think that's great. So let's talk about overcoming the imposter. You know, what prompted you to want to write this book in the first place? Well, I have been an entrepreneur for most of my career, but when I started my first business in my early 30s, I had no business training whatsoever. I, I I never even went to college. I don't have a college degree. I've never taken a college class. Mm -hmm. And so I just bought a bunch of books covering whatever I thought I needed to know to run a small business. And I started just learning as much as I could. And I was often learning in real time. And for those first few years in business, I really, uh, I, I learned a ton and I enjoyed learning, but I had this persistent fear that there was something I should know that I didn't know, and that eventually that was going to be my undoing. And, and maybe more specifically, I felt like there's probably some model or principle that was taught on the very first day of business school, which I did not attend. And, and that one day that was going to come up in conversation. And as soon as someone figured out that I didn't know that basic fundamental thing, I would be exposed as a fraud, that I would yeah. be an illegitimate entrepreneur and I would be ostracized from the community, you know, that people wouldn't take me seriously anymore. Mm. And it was years later that I discovered that psychologists have a name for that, that it's called imposter syndrome and, and that lots of people experience that feeling of maybe my success isn't legitimate. And once I realized that, that it was a thing and that lots of people have struggled with it. it well, first of all, it was such a relief to know that it wasn't just me. Uh, but then I started studying it for myself and then eventually talking about it with a lot of other entrepreneurs and colleagues and, and clients and the more that I talked about it, the more I got the response from people that told me it was a really pervasive, widespread issue and that it wasn't being talked about enough. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that, too. And when you came on to speak with us, you know, I was like, wow, this is so common that he actually wrote a book about it and he's coaching people on the issue. And I, yeah. I, I you know, I felt like that throughout my whole career. And it's interesting because my career has taken on different directions. I started out as a reporter and broadcast and print. And then I went on to become a press secretary. And then I went on to own my own business. And now am I, I'm a communications consultant and a coach. And every part of those 
parts of my career, I could tell you, Chris, I felt like an imposter at some point. I mean, you know what I mean? Like when yes. I was, I was really young. I was in my early twenties working for an ABC news affiliate in Detroit. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm not, <laughs> what am I doing on ABC news as a reporter? Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. And then when I went on to become a press secretary, I'm like, what am I doing? I, you know, and I was for the largest County in the state. And so every step of the way, I felt like an imposter and saying when I became a coach. So how common is it? When you, in, in, in your work, do you see, do you, do you feel like everybody feels this way at some point? I think it is close to everybody. So yeah. statistically, you know, studies have shown that 70 to 80% of the population experiences imposter syndrome at some point in their career. And, but here's the kicker. It tends to be more prevalent among high achievers. So the more aggressive, the more ambitious, the more driven and creative, and the more you are stretching yourself, the more likely you are to find yourself in a place that you feel in over your head or that you think maybe, maybe I don't deserve to be here. And so that that's counterintuitive at first, but when you really think about it, it makes sense. We're, we're getting outside of our comfort zone on a regular basis. We're trying new things. We're aspiring to something greater than where we are. So we're going to find ourselves in that situation where we feel in over our heads or we feel like maybe I'm faking it just a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I posed this question to you in our mastermind class when you were speaking with us about you know, that phrase, make it to you, fake it. What is your thought on that? And I loved your answer and I wanted to share that with our listeners. So what's your thought on that whole concept of, you know, fake it till you make it type of thing? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of fake it till you make it. I, I think there's, first of all, there's sort of an inherent deception in that, right? That you're just mm -hmm. trying to to act out a part that, that mm -hmm. may not be really true. But deeper than that though, I think the idea of fake it till you make it actually will hurt you in terms of confidence. If you know yourself, if you believe yourself to be faking it, you're going to feel like a fake. And so it doesn't help you to build confidence in what you're doing to call yourself a fake, to think of yourself as a fake. So I, I really try to push back against that idea of fake it till you make it. But instead, um, I like to think about a place that I call humble confidence where you're willing to acknowledge and admit that there are some things you don't know. There are some things you're good at and some areas you're still working to grow. Um, but your, your confidence comes not from having all the answers and having it all figured out, but from a confidence in your ability to figure it out. And yeah. from a track record, perhaps, of having figured things out before, having done things for the first time and gotten through it, even made mistakes and survived and learned from them. And so you build confidence on that learning capability and that experimental nature to your career and your work, rather than having to have this false confidence of pretending and projecting that you have it all together and you know all the answers. I love that approach of humility because it's it's the humility uh, that allows us to engage with people, but that humble confidence is telling us, you know, I may not know, but I can learn. And you mentioned in that mastermind class that you are a learner. I'm a learner. It's in my top 10 uh, strengths assessment. And I love to learn. Can you speak yes. to that, um, Chris, about, you know, the humble confidence, just elaborate a little bit more. You may not know something 
but you can go learn it. You can go do the research. You can find out, you can meet people, talk to people, question people, investigate and do research and read books like this book, like your book, Overcoming yeah. the Imposter. So tell us about that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that humble confidence? I love that approach. Well, I mentioned it earlier that in early in my career, I was learning a lot as I got my first business off the ground and started doing consulting work and managing big projects. And um, and I used to think that learning on the fly was a sign of weakness, that it was a sign of being unprepared or under-resourced or, you know, that, that I was playing catch up. And I have since then come to learn and, and really looking back at my career and all the things that I've achieved and the things that I'm proud of, I've come to realize that learning on the fly is a strength. It's actually a, a it's a talent. It's something I'm good at. It's something that I do well. Mm -hmm. And diving into a situation where I don't know all the information, where I don't have a ton of expertise and just figuring it out, that's something that I'm good at. And it's something I should be proud of. It's a valuable skill, not a weakness. And so yeah. that was, that really helped me turn the, uh, turn my viewpoint around, reframe my perspective on learning in real time. And that now I gain a lot of my confidence from my skill of learning, from my ability to get into something and figure it out rather than, as I said, having to feel like I know all the answers before I get started. I, I love that because that's just changing your mindset. And that's something I, I work with clients on too, is how they their thought process and their mindset can take what is perceived as a negative into a positive. And I, I agree yeah. with you. I think learning on the fly is a skill. And I relate to that because that's something I do all the time. So I, I love that perspective. Um, I love that perspective, Chris. And we're talking with Chris Kelso. He is the author of the book, Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. He is a, uh, a known coach and he works with businesses and entrepreneurs. He's an executive coach. And in your work as a coach, Chris, um, how often do you work with clients trying to overcome the imposter? So it's not the only thing that I coach around. I work a lot with business owners and we cover a lot of ground from a leadership and strategy and organizational structure and culture standpoint. But um, but just statistically, as I mentioned, there's you know 70 to 80% of yeah. the population and it tends to be more prevalent among high achievers, which is a lot of who I work with. Yeah. So it ends up coming up a lot. And so I have two kinds of coaching clients. I have some that hire me because I wrote a book on imposter syndrome and they're working on self-confidence, but I have a lot of other clients that come to me for some other reason, or they are working on something specific in their business that they want help with, but almost inevitably at some point that confidence issue, that, that imposter syndrome or fear of failure or something in that vein comes up and I'm able to leverage all the research and study that I've done and my expertise in that area. And I've really learned how to coach people through those confidence issues without actually doing damage. You can, in a, in a well-intentioned, good-hearted way, give someone the wrong advice, like fake it till you make it, or, you know, give them uh, just empty platitudes and and pour praise on them and try to pump them up from a confidence standpoint. And it actually can erode their confidence if you're not giving them 
the hard evidence and the right kinds of reframes and thought processes that help them to overcome that self-doubt. Yeah. What a, that's a great point. We're talking with Chris Kelso and Chris in your, in your book, in the first chapter of your book, uh, overcoming the imposter, you say this is personal. How so? Well, the, the meaning behind that is really twofold. Number one, it, it was to really convey that this is personal to me. This is mm. not just something that I saw in other people or that I thought, Hey, here's a good topic that'll sell a lot of books. I'll write about this. You know, it was very <laughs> yeah. much yeah. a a personal encounter and a personal battle that I wrestled with. But the other meaning behind that is that it is personal to each person. One of the things that I really discovered about imposter syndrome is that though it's very common and very prevalent, every individual's experience with it is unique. Because that voice of the inner critic, what I call the inner critic, or I actually call it the imposter, that, that voice inside your head that tries to tell you that your success isn't real, that voice in your head knows the details of your particular story, and it knows your background, it knows all of your fears, it knows all of your particular hangups, it knows where you've been criticized and you carry baggage from the past. And so that that inner critic will tell you a very specific story that is tailored to your life and career. And it'll be different than what my inner critic may tell me. Mm. For instance, I, I I mentioned that I didn't have a college degree and I often worried that that was going to be the thing that that was my undoing, that my success wasn't real because I didn't have that formal education. Well, I've talked to many people who have multiple degrees and they say that they have imposter syndrome because they feel like their degree opens up doors for them that they're not actually qualified to walk through. Mm. That they that they got a job because of a degree and then they got into the job and realized, I really don't know what I'm doing. I got to figure this out just like anyone else. And so what I've learned is that though imposter syndrome is very common, it plays out differently in each individual. And that makes it difficult at times for us to identify with one another. We don't realize we're experiencing the same challenge because the symptoms of it and the lies that we tell ourselves are very personal and very unique. You know, I, you know, I love that too, uh, Chris, because when I became a reporter, I, I went to a great college, my undergraduates in journalism school, and we were taught by real life, you know, real reporters, right? But I learned more on the job than I did in the four years getting my degree. I mean, way more on the job. I mean, the, it's the people I worked with that taught me how to become a really good reporter. Uh, so I think that's a really good point. And, and, you know, how much does the fear of failure play a role in the imposter syndrome? Yeah, it, it imposter syndrome, you know, in some ways could be characterized as the fear of failing and in particular failing in public that people will see you make a mistake and that somehow failure is going to be fatal, that, that you're going to make a mistake, you're going to get something wrong, and it's going to tank your career. It's going to end your uh, the respect that people have for you. And so the, the imposter, that inner critic, will make you very afraid of failure, which in turn will make you very risk averse. It'll cause you to play it safe, to, to not try things, to not put yourself out there or you know, to, to raise your hand and speak up and share your ideas and your thoughts. And so imposter syndrome ends up making you very conservative, very risk averse. And that can hold you back. That can be a real limiting factor 
in your career, in your growth. But I've learned uh, something really valuable, and that is that failure, we learn more from failure than we do from success. And, and in fact, when we try to both avoid failure and also sweep our failures under the rug without acknowledging what can be gleaned from them, we miss out on a lot of great learning that can lead to success. So one of the one of the sort of aha moments I had as I was researching and studying for this book and putting this content together is that failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is an important part of the process of success. Mm. And the reason is that failure is, is learning and learning leads to success. And so when I attempt something new now, I have the mindset, I come with the attitude that there's one of two outcomes when I try something new. I'm either going to succeed or I'm going to learn. And those are the only two possibilities. And either one is a net gain for me. And so that mindset of failure is learning, learning is good. It, it helps you to uh, no longer fear failure quite as much, which helps, it, helps that fear of failure to keep, helps keep that fear of failure from holding you back. Yeah, what a great point. I love that. We're talking with Chris Kelso here uh, about his book, uh, Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. How can we get the book, Chris? Well, you can find the book just about anywhere that books are sold. It, of course, is available on Amazon and all the major bookstores, even small independent bookstores. If they don't have it in stock, they can order it. It's also available on uh, an, in audio form, so Audible and the other major audio platforms. And uh, the easiest way to go find it is just overcomingtheimposter.com. So I'm a big proponent in believing when we teach, when we write, we also learn. What did you learn from this process, Chris, of writing this book? Oh my goodness. I So, so as I was writing this book, um, there were a lot of aha moments. And one of them was, I was going back through my career kind of mining for stories, you know, looking for illustrations and examples. And I had this epiphany and I realized that the moments in my career, the times when I felt the most insecure, the most afraid, I was I was most worried about uh, of being exposed as a fraud or something bad happening, that often those were the most pivotal moments of my career. Because mm. I was either, I was either, doing something for the first time where, the, where there was a great learning opportunity and the potential for a breakthrough, or I was surrounded by people who intimidated me. Maybe it was a new uh, environment, a new audience, a new client, a new group of people that I could possibly learn a lot from. And so those moments that my fear was the greatest were often the most pivotal and, and important moments in my career. And as a result, I've learned to recognize imposter syndrome as a sign of good things happening. Wow. That when I start to feel that fear, when I feel like, oh man, maybe I'm in over my head, maybe I'm at risk here, I begin to look around and say, what's happening that's great? And what do I need to lean into? So though I want to help people overcome those fears and, and, uh, and not fall prey to that fear and not let it hold them back, I also teach my readers that we don't want that necessarily to go away because it's a positive sign. It can actually become a guidepost. And now when I get a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of, 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 of imposter syndrome of a feeling, I actually start to get excited. 
<laughs> Ooh, there's potential here. There's opportunity yeah. here. There's something great on yeah. the horizon. If I can just push through it rather than letting it hold me back. I love that. So you offer a free chapter on your website. Tell us about why you picked that particular chapter and how can we get a copy mm. of it? Yeah, a, a lot of authors give away a, a free chapter and many times it's chapter one and it's the chapter that just sets up the problem and tells you how bad it is and and then you have to go buy the book to get the solutions. Well, I, I didn't want to do that. I, I I really like to be helpful and I want everything that I put out in the world to be valuable on its own. So I let I released chapter seven which is really the chapter about reframing failure as learning and adopting what I call an explorer mindset. And so I contrast these two styles, these two sort of personalities or mindsets uh, that I call the tour guide and the explorer. And I give lots of stories in that chapter about how failure is learning and learning leads to success. And, and many famous people, famous stories you've heard of that of people who essentially failed their way to great success. And so I chose that chapter both because it's valuable and because it it really kind of stands alone as a great set of principles. Even if you don't get the entire book, that chapter is powerful and will give you some great takeaways that you can apply in your life immediately. I love it. I love it. We're talking with author Chris Kelso. He's a He's a speaker, he's an author, he's a coach. The book is Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. And Chris, you know, there are people listening at all stages of their career. They're at yeah. various ages, various backgrounds. They may be venturing into a completely different career. And we know people change their careers sometimes three or four times in a lifetime. Yes. Your targeted audience is for people at all different stages, I'm assuming. So tell me about that. It doesn't matter, matter where you are at, correct? Yeah, th this has been really one of the most gratifying uh, things about this work. I wrote the book primarily to and about entrepreneurs. There's a lot of entrepreneurial stories because that's the that's who I am. And that's a lot of the people that I spend time with and work mm -hmm. with. But what's been fascinating and, and so exciting is I've had so many non-entrepreneurs or maybe non-traditional entrepreneurs who have told me how much this book has helped them and how much the, the, the content has resonated with them. People like fighter pilots and school teachers and bank presidents and scientists and athletes and just all sorts of people. And, and I've also had a number of people send me photos of their teenage kids reading my book and saying, I gave this book to my kid. I want them to understand these mindsets before they even start their career, uh, you know, as they're still learning. And that is so personally gratifying. And I've really enjoyed uh, knowing that I'm having that kind of an impact on even a wider audience than I expected. That's wonderful. What else do you want to share, Chris Kelso, with our listeners here on It's Your Community? And I love how you mentioned Epiphany Moments. I, that's been the name of my company, Epiphany Communications. And I love it because I love seeing people have those aha moments on their journey. It's amazing, right? As a coach, when you can see yes. the, the light bulb go off with people, I'm like, ah, they're getting it. Yes. I have often said my addiction, my drug of choice, if you will, is seeing the aha moment on somebody's face when they finally understand something that has eluded them or they, you know, they get a breakthrough in some way, they connect the dots. And 
And so that's really a, a lot of why I do the work that I do as a speaker, as a teacher, as a coach, uh, as mm-hmm. a consultant with leadership teams. I get to have those moments on a regular basis. And, and any day that I've been able to see that that click in somebody's eyes and that uh, smile wash across their face, man, I've had a great day. Me too. I It's the reason I called my company Epiphany for that reason. Uh, plus my last name in Aramaic means Epiphany. My, my oh, that's name. awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so I my, love my it. parents spoke the language Jesus Christ spoke, which is Aramaic. And my last name literally translates to Epiphany. That's what it means. Wow. So, yeah. So I, 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 and I love it because as a coach, that's what we get to do, right? We get to help yes. our clients have those epiphany moments. Give us your information. How can people reach you? How can they find out more about you? What else do you want them to know before I let you go? Yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find online. If you remember, my name starts with a K. So it's K-R-I-S-K-E-L-S-O, Chris Kelso. And I'm at, I'm at chriskelso.com. I'm Chris Kelso on most of the major social media platforms and then, of course, the book itself and information on my keynote speech, my digital course, uh, all of that can be found at overcomingtheimposter.com. So I take it you're not an upper. You're not Christopher. Actually, I am Christopher. Oh, you are? Yes. Yeah, okay. but with a K. Because I have a friend of mine who's a K-R-I-S too, but he's he goes, just remember, Vanessa, I'm not an upper. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep, I'm an upper. You're an author. Okay. Chris Kelso. The book is Overcoming the Imposter, Silence Your Inner Critic and Lead with Confidence. Chris, thank you so much for being with us on Eat Your Community. You're welcome, Vanessa. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure talking with you. And I this content, I, I, I'm a big proponent and great content. And this is great content. So thank you for sharing it with us. If you you have any questions or comments, show topics you want us to get to, you can reach out to me, Vanessa Denha, very easily by going to epiphanycommunications.com, epiphanycommunications.com. You could private message me there or email me there or private message me on my social media platforms, LinkedIn, or I'm on X and I'm on Instagram and Epiphany Communications on Facebook. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.